While the next event for the true church, or the body of Christ, is translation, or the rapture, from earth to heaven, those unbelievers left in the organized church as an institution will pass into the tribulation and form the base of an apostate super church that the false prophet, that's the second beast of revelation that seeks devotees for the Antichrist, will use to aid the worldwide rule of the Antichrist. This week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to continue into the Olivet Discord in Matthew 24 on our study, Prophecies of the Bible. We'll get back into that right after this. Well, here we are again. Thank you for joining me this week on Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore, your host. It's time for a new episode of our podcast. We are doing a study on prophecies of the Bible. We have been for quite some time. We started way back in Genesis, and we're going to continue until we get through the end of Revelation. It's going to be a pretty long, extended study, but it's uh, been a good one so far. I really enjoyed it. It's based on a study by Damon Duck, and hopefully you guys have learned from it and passed this on to other people so they could learn from it as well. And we're going to get started into that here in just a little bit. Before we do, don't forget my website, ConnectingTheGap.net, has all of my platform options there that you can go subscribe and share. Also, my YouTube and my Rumble channel and my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash CTGapOnline. You can go there and please like my page and follow it. And I occasionally will post little news snippets of different things I see going on out there that I think might be pertinent and that you'd like to read and be interested in as we try to stay on top of the news that's going on in this world in relationship to where we're at as Christians today. And, of course, you'll also get a notification each week as I post my new podcast and my blogs as I do those as well. Right now, we are still in the Olivet Discourse. We're in Matthew chapter 24, and we have reached verse 11, and we're going to be talking about the very first part of that verse, where it says, Then many false prophets will rise up. There have been many false prophets, those are people God did not send who claim to have a message from God, in the history of the world. But the rapture of the church will leave a vacuum the false church will rapidly try to fill and explain. This vacuum will produce an explosion of pretenders who will claim to speak for God, but their God will not be the God described in the Bible. The salvation they proclaim is not going to be the death of Jesus on the cross. Many of the moral standards they espouse will contradict what the Bible says, and their feel-good predictions of love, justice, peace, and prosperity will turn into rubbish. It seems reasonable to expect many of these false prophets to show strong opposition to Israel. Many will deny that the regathering of the millions of Jews in Israel and the creation of the modern Jewish state are a fulfillment of prophecy. They will refuse to accept the fact that God intends for Jerusalem to belong to the Jews, thus making Jerusalem the burdensome stone predicted in Scripture. They will declare that Israel and Jerusalem do not occupy a special place in the heart of God and set themselves against the one who can release the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The scriptures are clear on these matters, but rather than belief and acceptance, Jesus and the prophets predicted a strong wave of anti-Semitism. Charles Half was quoted saying, A true prophet 
magnifies God. A false prophet doesn't. A true preacher will always point you to the Word of God. A false preacher will point you to visions, dreams, maybe rituals or ceremonies. Some will point you to mind reading, astrology, and a thousand and one other things. Satan has many devices for apostasy. He has counterfeit gods, as in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3-4, counterfeit Jesus, in 2 Corinthians 11, 4, counterfeit Christ, as talked about, Matthew 24, 24, counterfeit spirits, mentioned in 1 John 4, 1 and 1 Timothy 4, 1, counterfeit apostles, in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen and mentioned in Revelation 2, 2, counterfeit prophets, in 2 Peter 2, 1 and 1 John 4, 1, also he has counterfeit ministers, as mentioned in 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen. There's counterfeit gospels, mentioned in Galatians 1, 6 through 9, counterfeit miracles, in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and mentioned in Revelation 16, 13. There's also counterfeit worship, as mentioned in John chapter 4, verse 24. Satan has a replica for almost anything that we have as Christians. Astrologers, fortune tellers, psychics, and witches have been predicting a new age of peace and prosperity for many years. But Bible signs indicate the world is on the brink of the tribulation period and that it will be accompanied by an economic collapse. President Clinton predicted there will be no more armies, just peacekeeping forces. But the United States wound up in the war on terrorism, and the Bible predicts a 200 million man army will invade the Middle East. Clinton predicted no more wars, just peacekeeping operations, but the Bible predicts a Russian Islamic invasion of Israel and a battle of Armageddon. Clinton predicted the era of big government is over, but globalism is expanding, and the Bible predicts a coming world government led by the Antichrist. President Bush predicted a comprehensive peace in the Middle East by the end of his second term. He later backed off, but the Bible teaches that there will be no peace until Christ returns. Who or what should people believe? Well, there is nothing wrong with wanting to know the future, but we must realize that there are many false prophets in the world, and there will be a myriad more when the tribulation period arrives, especially in the false church and in Israel. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 11, it talks about a religious deception. The scripture says that many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. It was a priest named Aaron who sinned against God by building a golden calf in the wilderness, corrupt priests and elders who plotted to kill Jesus, one of the twelve disciples who betrayed Jesus, a United Methodist theologian who said, God is dead, and a Presbyterian bishop who said, the virgin birth is a myth. An Anglican bishop once quoted, hell doesn't exist, and an Episcopal bishop once said, there is no God. Good people making mistakes and unbelievers teaching error for truth are not new. This is why Jesus said, Take heed that no one deceives you. That was in Matthew 24, verse 4. He knew that the winds of deceit will reach gale force during the tribulation period. Joe Chambers was quoted saying, Satan's chief attack against the church has always been to produce a counterfeit. After Satan has produced his counterfeit preachers and prophets, he uses the world to talk about how crazy all Christians are by pointing out the false crowd, how clever and double-tongued the devil and his spirits are in their evil design. Church leaders who have abandoned the faith are not new, but it seems like they are cropping up in ever-increasing numbers. 
In complete disregard of what the Bible says, one church bishop now teaches that everyone will go to heaven even if they do not believe in Jesus. And despite the fact that the Bible says Satan will be cast into the lake of fire, this bishop declares that even Satan may go to heaven. During the tribulation period, the Antichrist and his corrupt religious followers will try to reinvent Christianity and Judaism. Powerful and very popular religious figures will make a strong effort to dilute and redefine the long-held beliefs of conservative Christians and Jews. It will be their goal to shift people from scriptural teachings of true Christianity and Judaism to the false teachings of a global secular society. Political correctness appears to be an effort to bend the word of God, an effort to substitute a form of godliness for true Christianity and Judaism, an effort to produce an unscriptural set of government-approved religious and social values. Could this kind of religious deception be the underlying cause of the coming persecution of Christians and Jews? Religious deception can prosper only in the presence of religious ignorance. It is one of Satan's favorite tools. People use it for gain when the truth is an obstacle. The Antichrist and his corrupt religious leaders will use it during the tribulation period to gain religious support and secure peace treaties and so forth. It will be difficult to be a Christian during the tribulation period. That's one reason that we want to do studies like this here at Connecting the Gap, because there is an ignorance out there of the Word of God, and people that go to church, a lot of people don't read the Bible for themselves. They just take in the sermon on Sundays, they go home and they think that's enough, and then when people come up to them spouting off things that are supposed to be truths or whatever, the people eat it up like no other because they do not know what the Bible says, they didn't study it for themselves, and the ignorance is there. And we want to make sure that that's quashed and that's why the, we have this podcast here. That's one reason God's given me this ministry, and I want to share with you guys, and that's why I always ask you to share it out as well. We don't want people being caught up in that. We want them to know better and understand it's important to study God's Word. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, we continue about a falling away. The Scripture says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. In this scripture, the effect of religious deception will be sin. That's missing the mark or wrongdoing in the religious community and a turning away from God. In some cases, it will be the Antichrist and his corrupt religious leaders instigating the persecution of true believers, causing those on the fringe to abandon the faith for fear of their lives. In other cases, it will be weak morals stemming from false teachings that will cause people to go astray. But the end result will be the same thing. During the tribulation period, widespread sin will drive many from God. Tolerance of false doctrines leads to moral confusion. Out of that comes immoral decisions, the eroding of society, and the eventual collapse of social order. And without God, this is exactly what's going to happen during the tribulation period. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. False prophets, false Christ, betrayal, and persecution will take a toll, but they will not prevent the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, from going all over the world during the tribulation period. Wicked men have never been allowed to stop the spread of God's word, and they will not be permitted to do it in the future. After God raptures the church, he will do three things. Number one, he's going to seal or put a mark or a symbol to identify and protect 
144,000 Jews to preach the gospel to the world. He's going to send two witnesses to prophesy to the world. He's going to send an angel to preach to every nation, tribe, language, and people on earth. Dave Brees was quoted saying, The message of the gospel of the grace of God is to be preached in the Gentile world. On the occasion of the rapture, however, it is the gospel of the kingdom, and that shall be the message from God. This is the announcement that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Grant Jeffrey also said, The Bible has now been translated in more than 3,850 languages in every nation, tribe, and dialect on this planet. Electronic communication transmits the message of hope in Jesus Christ through the airwaves worldwide. Christians are now also sending the gospel of grace all over the world electronically via the Internet. I work for a radio station. We have a 24-7 online feed of all of our Christian talk radio that goes out worldwide, and we have people all over the world listening to those channels all the time. Some of the larger Christian ministries are reporting more than one million hits a month on their websites. Clear evidence supports that the gospel of the kingdom can go all over the world in our time. In 1993, the Gospel of Grace was being broadcast worldwide 24 hours a day and in 90 different languages. In 1995, Dr. Billy Graham preached to the entire world over television. 70% of the world's population had the opportunity to hear him. Interpreters were used, and it is estimated that as many as 1 billion people listened in their own language. In 1996, with the assistance of one million pastors and churches on every continent, Billy Graham preached to the entire world again, and it is estimated that approximately two billion listened this time. In 1997, Princess Diana was killed in a car wreck, and it was estimated that one-fourth of the Earth's population watched her funeral on television. In 2001, President George W. Bush spoke at a memorial service for victims of the World Trade Center collapse, and it was reported that one-fourth of the Earth's population and the heads of every nation on Earth watched the service on television. In 2005, Pope John Paul II died, and an estimated one-third of the Earth's population watched his funeral on television. So there is no reason to believe that this gospel message cannot reach the entire world, all the nooks and crannies and the little islands out in the middle of nowhere, everybody is going to be educated by the Word of God before this is all over with, as it has been predicted in God's Word. In Matthew twenty four fifteen, it talks about defilement of the temple. We'll wrap up this week's podcast with this segment. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15 says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. The holy place will be the future Jewish temple. The abomination that causes desolation will be the Antichrist who will rise to power over a reunited Europe. He will visit the temple, declare that he is God, and set up an idol on the wing of that holy building. This will happen three and a half years after he has signed a seven-year covenant with many to protect Israel. Hence, this prophecy is implying several future events. Number one, the existence of Israel as a nation. Number two, the rebuilding of the Jewish temple. Number three, Jewish control over the temple mount, partial if not complete. Number four, the reuniting of Israel. Also, the existence of the Antichrist as a world leader. The existence of a seven-year covenant or a comprehensive Middle East peace agreement to protect Israel as a nation. A visit by the Antichrist to Israel and the temple at the tribulation period midpoint. Many Christians believe the tribulation period begins with the rapture. 
God outlined the tribulation period in terms of the Antichrist. The tribulation period is going to take place according to this process. In the first three and a half years, tribulation begins when Antichrist signs the seven-year covenant. At the tribulation midpoint occurs when the Antichrist defiles the temple. That's when the Antichrist exalts himself. At the last half of the tribulation period, Antichrist is captured. The tribulation ends when the Antichrist is captured. The existence of Israel and Jerusalem is an undeniable fact. The existence of a united Europe in the form of the European Union is also a fact. There will be some changes, but Europe is now united. The existence of the Antichrist can neither be confirmed nor denied because the Holy Spirit will not permit him to be revealed until after the rapture. But many authorities believe he is alive today. The existence of a comprehensive Middle East peace treaty is not a fact, but there are signs that a treaty will be signed by many, the UN, the EU, Russia, US, Arabs, and Israel. The existence of the temple is not a fact, but most of the preliminary work has been done, and the Sanhedrin wants to prefabricate it so it can be put up in as little as six weeks. It will be constructed and defiled by the middle of the tribulation period. With all this being the case, it is time for the people to wake up. The stage is rapidly being set for the fulfillment of this prophecy, and the rapture of the church will occur before we get there. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Connecting the Gap. Thank you once again for joining me this week. Please share and subscribe to my podcast, also my Facebook page. You can check all that information out on my website, connectingthegap.net. Also, if you prefer YouTube or Rumble, I have those channels as well. You can subscribe to those and share those also. And as always, thank you for joining me this week. Hopefully you got something from this week's podcast. And uh, again, please share with others that need to hear the Word of God. And thank you so much for helping me with my ministry. Well, I'm out of here until next week. Hope you guys have a great week. Until then, don't forget that God's Word never fails us. God's Word has stood the test of time. And through Jesus' death on the cross, He has connected the gap. (laughs) 